The Behemoth Brewing Company presents the Department of Conversation with Pat Brittenden. Behemoth, give me something hoppy. Welcome back to another edition of the Department of Conversation brought to you by the Behemoth Brewing Company. So good to be back with you and thanks to Behemoth for being our feature sponsor. Behemoth Brewing over the last seven years have created over 240 beers. Many of those have been small batch one-off beers. They're sort of the, the commercial version of craft beer. Everyone do their craft beer at the moment. Well, these guys do it uh, on big scale, and they do it brilliantly as well. If you want to find out more about them, go to behemothbrewing.co.nz. Hey, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. I've had a few people contacting me about uh, the big noise that we had upstairs uh, a wee while ago. If you heard one of my recent podcasts, uh, it was with Malcolm Gordon. Uh, there was a massive crash upstairs. I'm not sure if you heard that or not, uh, whilst we were recording. As you probably are aware, if you're listening to the show, uh, there is a new puppy in the house, and somehow the puppy decided to knock over a whole... Well, we've got like a gate, the gate that we put between the kitchen and the dining room, whilst the puppy's going through training, and uh, knocked the whole gate over. Probably a 40-kilogram gate. I don't know how, but uh, you know, a 10-kilogram dog apparently can knock over a 40-kilogram gate and then hide in the laundry until we come upstairs 10 minutes later to make sure everything's okay. But but some asked about it, some have emailed me or messaged me, I should say, about it, and yes, the dog was fine, and it was a bang, and it's all, it's all sorted. If you ever want to check out what's going on, sometimes the dog is with me here in the studio. Uh, her name is Nala. She's only four months old, or approaching five months old now. And uh, just go to my Instagram, at Pat Brittenden, uh, and as you'll probably be aware if you are a pet owner, as a, as a proud dad, quote-unquote dad, doggy dad, uh, there's far too many photos and videos of Nala on said Instagram for you to check out. This episode was brought to you also in part by Betty Boys Coffee. Betty Boys Coffee is a new way for you to support podcasters and content creators. It's amazing fresh roasted coffee direct from Dunedin Roastery to you. Basically, uh, you buy Betty Boy Coffee, there is a donation made from that sale directly into this podcast bank account it's a way that you can help us continue to make this podcast without doing something like a patreon and a patreon's fine uh, but if you're a coffee drinker it's a way that you can continue to buy your beans and also support this podcast as well visit beardyboy.nz slash doc to get your beardy boy coffee and help us to continue to make the department of conversation at the moment as well i think i'll double check this and, and maybe listen out to the next podcast um every fifth bag board is getting a free beardy boys t-shirt sent off to them as well at the moment so uh go and try a like try our coffee and maybe you get a little bit of a freebie on the way as well uh, Nick Rado, some people call him Nick Rado, R-A-D-O, uh, Rado though, is a comedian of fairly high regard in New Zealand. He seems to be the kind of guy who has done everything and continues to try doing all sorts of new things. It's a really interesting conversation you're about to hear when Nick goes through uh, what he's done, and I'll say, I'll say these words, what he has achieved uh, when he had to uh, pivot because of COVID and where that's led to led him to in some new um, experiences and new uh, new chances for new and interesting work as well. Some very interesting and exciting international news for Nick as well. It's a bit of a uh, you heard it here first sort of situation. If you uh, haven't seen the video version of this, at some times we get a bit of an exclusive, we release Nick's um, album cover 
and obviously you need to watch the video version of that what i do when i'm watching the video version because i listen to podcasts and i watch them if i hear something on a podcast that i want to see what they're talking about i just take note of the time and obviously uh you start the time from when you hear the introduction because when the introduction starts that's where the uh, podcast has started from in the video this this introduction is just for you very special people listening to the audio content so once the podcast starts from there through to wherever the thing is you can go to the video version on youtube or facebook or twitch or uh, i don't know wherever else it is and uh, you can have a look so you'll get to see nick's album cover if you want to do that as well all right team enjoy it was a wonderful chat i enjoyed it greatly nick ran Hello, hello, and welcome to your Friday. This is the Department of Conversation, and joining me today for a bit of a chat, Nick Ratto. Nick, hello and good, what is it, afternoon. I'm a bit confused because we've jumped this time around a bit, but good afternoon, yeah. thanks, and welcome to the show. Hey, no worries. Thanks for having me, yes, uh, and thanks for accommodating the uh, uh, the later time frame. Uh, excuse the background noise at the moment. My wife's just starting the car up. I'm in the lucrative, it may look like an amazing studio, but I'm actually <laughs> in my garage. <laughs> So you've got you've got so, a you you're gone Mark Marin styles, have you? The studio podcast yeah, in the garage. Much. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine his he's got his, just as much stuff piled up as I have. Um, but uh, yeah, so Mark Marin root and uh, and Jimmy Dore apparently he does it in his garage too. Oh so. really? I've I mean I watch mm. a lot of Jimmy Dore stuff as well. He's an interesting cat, isn't he? Jimmy Dore. He's a for people who mm. don't know, he's kind of a progressive commentator. He was part of this group called the Young Turks for a long while, mm. and then they had a bit of a falling out. So he went and did his own thing. And now he seems mm. to be spending half his time attacking every other progressive group in the country. <laughs> it's 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 really it's not quite train wreck television. Well, it's not television, but but it's there's some yeah. really interesting stuff going on with those cats at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I quite like um, yeah Jimmy Dore. Uh, who else am I been watching at the You're moment? You're going to about to say uh, Kyle Kalinske, weren't you? Kyle Kalinske? Uh No, no, <laughs> no. You weren't. Okay. No, no. The the, the Rising, which is um, they're very good. A, yep. a good show. Yeah, so just I'm trying to get as much stuff that is balanced as possible, really. Like um, even with some of those people like Jimmy and stuff, you can sort of you can see which way they lean and you, so you have to sort of take things with a pinch of salt. But um, yeah, I'm just, tr just trying as much as I can. I think there's like an app I think you can get on Twitter at the moment where I think – yeah, it's just an app. It's not on Twitter. It's just an app where it, it it tells you which way, wherever you get your news sources, which way you lean in terms of your political views. Um, but I can't for the life of me remember what it is. But um, anyway, yeah, so it's it's exciting times to, uh, to, yeah. I don't think I've watched actual television for probably a year or two, which is interesting because I work in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, isn't it? It's, it's, the, it's the same. It's like I... Uh, still work with some companies doing some radio stuff, primarily behind the scenes, but I don't really listen to that much radio. I keep an eye on it, like I watch the ratings, and I yeah. because when I work with yeah. a client, I want to be able to tell them, you know, this is what this station is doing, this is what this station is doing, this is what we're doing. But I very rarely listen. I, th I think moving as well. Are you you're still based in Nelson? Is that the case? No. So this is, uh, I guess, the the big story. So about uh, must have been. When did COVID happen? Was it 2020, March 2020? <laughs> yeah, about 13 yeah. so, months ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, I got a I got a gig um, on Australian television um, as a two year deal for like a comedy sports show, um, and 
I had done some stuff with them um, sort of six months prior to that. So I did about eight, nine, maybe 10 episodes and stuff with them on a show called The Night Watchman, which is like a cricket show, a comedy cricket um, show. And then um, they really liked my stuff. So they were like, oh, you need to come out for a couple of years and and do um, uh, do do the next installment, which was going to be The Narrow World of Sports, which was going to be like a... a a mick take of the wide world of sports yep, but for just sure. sort of comedy all sports that kind of stuff and so yeah i got a two-year deal with that and then um i think i did one episode i was over in australia my uh, we sold our house and we um we we're gonna move over i had a four-bedroom house in the middle of um uh, on a shipping container and in the middle of pacific ocean and then COVID happened and then um, I had to make a decision of whether I came back um, or bring my family over. And then, yeah, so I decided to come back and I was very, very glad that I did that. And then, yeah, and then so basically spent about $20,000 putting my um, uh, uh, furniture on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so we only just got our, we only got our stuff back um, about three or four months ago. Actually. So was that, so, so was that, was that literally what happened? Your your stuff was on the boat when lockdown mm, happened. Mm, Crazy. Yeah, it was in the middle of the ocean, and so when they closed the borders, I had to make a decision like because because the the gig was still uh, at that time. They told us to go like go home because like in terms of you know just back to uh, our places in Sydney because. We couldn't, we couldn't have crowds. There was no sport. All the sport was cancelled. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so, uh, if we had like uh, the two major things that was going to be um, the the functioning um, elements of the show, which was comedy and sports, um, we couldn't do. So that, therefore, our show was was a bit redundant. And then, um, yeah, so sort of went back to Nelson, wrote that out for a little bit. But then, obviously, we've been stuck here. But not well, yeah, stuck here, I guess, ever since. But. It's just now we're, but now we're in Auckland and, and uh, Ariwa and uh, actually, yeah, really liking it. The kids are at school and yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really good. So, but that's the story of, of my last 12, 13 months. So that's, that's a, that's a big, that's, that's a big one. Big story. Yeah. Well, well it was, yeah, it was a big story. It was, um, uh, yeah. Cause it sort of felt like it was like, oh yeah. So like not so much made it but it was like this this could be something really big and yeah obviously for our family too like our kids were going to go it was that perfect time my my son hadn't quite started school yet so it was a great time to move with him because he was going to um just start like everyone else would, would have started at a at a new school um but uh yeah so that's that's time times that, that, there's some times that we've had but um yeah so but now we're in we're in Auckland and, and really liking it so yeah, it's good times. The reason I asked that question is because we were just talking about radio there and I'm in mm. Dunedin now but moved down from Auckland several years ago, I think six and a half years ago, and I noticed one of the things when you're in a smaller town, which mm. is what my reference to Nelson mm. was going to be, you don't spend anywhere near as much time in the car. And obviously the car oh. is primarily a place to listen to the radio, so it kind yes. of naturally falls away. But but I'm not interested in that story now because your story is much more interesting <laughs> has come out of that because I'm wondering. So you're based in Ottawa now, um, which is for people who don't know, north of Auckland, probably probably now with those new motorways, a 25 minute drive into Queen Street if there's no traffic, 30 minutes maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you're lucky, it's probably more like 30, 35, and right. then. But if you leave it and if you leave, if you leave at seven in the morning, it's three weeks to get in. Yeah, totally. Well, it's it's about an hour. Sometimes it can take an hour and a, hour and a quarter, hour and a half. So, wow. 
um, on a bad day. But um, yeah, it's I only I don't go into town on peak times that often. But when I when you do, it's yeah, it's it's tough. But um, yeah, it's like anywhere in the world. I've lived in you know many places in London and um, in Sydney and 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 various places like that. So it's yeah, it just is what it is. But you just sort of it is what you make of it. So a lot of the times you know especially for com- comedians like it's a great time to listen to your set or listen to other comedy or listen to other podcasts or inspiring stuff so and or listen to the radio as you were saying like mm. in terms of um just catching up on things and yeah so um that's it really so um what's happening now with the australian television because obviously the last six months everything's kind of started to come back are you now kind of permanently in the auckland region or is the plans to go back to sydney or to sydney i guess i should say and um and and continue on with that that path what what's next yeah so basically uh yeah i mean i think the australian thing it's just so even now it's still too uncertain even with the travel bubble um uh lifting it's it's quite uncertain um for me it it, it, i can't really sort of justify moving the family at this stage um you know again (laughs) uh because it's just i i would when when things are just still still so up in the air so um i think it would probably be about a year or two before that opportunity sort of comes around again um but it's you know it's not it's not it's not over by any stretch of the imagination i'm still in touch with the guys that um i'll be doing the show with and stuff and and i really and really enjoy working with them and they're a great bunch of guys so and we'll definitely work together again on stuff but i just think yeah we just have to see the lay of the land and, and what happens but there's already talk of me doing stuff sort of remotely from here yeah um, for sure um and starting up different things so yeah we'll i'll always work with those boys because they're 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 fantastic um but uh yeah i think just now what's still a little bit uncertain with the, um with government like when you're reliant on literally governments making <laughs> decisions on your livelihood it's it's hard to it's hard to make big calls with your own family when you don't really know what the um uh like before covid we all knew what the game was we yep. all knew what the 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 field looked like uh-huh. and so we were sort of playing our own versions of the game um before covid but then once covid hit not only did we not know what the field looked like, we didn't know what the rules were anymore. So it's kind of, it, it, it's been very hard to, um, to pivot and to do, do different things. But, um, but, but yeah, but in saying that, like there has been opportunities and there has been other things like as much as that door closed for me with regards to the Australian and how big a deal that was, um, then I've got a couple of really great situations that have happened to me, um, uh, which, would never have happened if if I was over in Sydney. Um, uh, one of which was working with The Rock and Sporting Rumble. So I've been uh, working with those boys for about oh, maybe I think it was October. We sort of started doing some stuff in and around um, just before Christmas, and then that's been going really well. And then the other big um, 
situation as well. And, and so I've been working with Andrew Mulligan and John Day and uh, it's, going, it's just going really well. Um, I think, yeah, you can see it on the screen there, the Sporting Rumble. So that's why we had to push this interview out because uh, we were recording <laughs> uh, our episode today. So it's back-to-back episodes uh, for, for, for myself today. A lot of, a lot of content. This is, uh, we're driving a lot of content today. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's really great. And it's just, a, it's just um, you know, sort of mates – chatting about sports and we have some really great guests on and um and uh and Mel's and, and John really are really well connected with obviously all the the, the big names of, of New Zealand and world sports so it's amazing like I'll turn up to work as the comedian uh and they'll have like some amazing guests on every every week and I'm like how'd you get that and they're like oh, I just texted them or you know I'll text you know these amazing people I'm like okay all right so yeah so we chat about them and it's just um it's more light-hearted than and more comedy and that's and that's what i really like about it is like it, it, it it's a place to my strengths and my wheelhouse of just you know making stupid asking stupid questions and and uh taking the mick out of um you know quite famous and and well thought thought after and regarded sports stars if people want to find um, out more about that though they can go to the the rocks website therock.net.nz but also that yeah. plays out nationwide is at eight o'clock on yeah 8 a.m saturday is at 8 a.m but uh, Media Works yep. has this app called Rover R O V A, and uh, that's, that's put on put on there as a podcast as well, isn't it? So if people want to check it out, they can either download Rover or listen to The Rock, I guess. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, totally. And um, so yeah, so loads of episodes on there, and um, yeah, we're, we're really liking it. It's really great, and, and the people who are listening to it, uh, yeah, are genuinely. Yeah, they're, they're loving it. So it's it's great. So we forget sometimes actually we're actually recording stuff because we get so um, we're having so much fun in there, which is which is, is really good. Every week we're like, oh, what are we? What are we gonna? You know, do we have an hour in us today? And then we end up doing double that. So <laughs> I find that I find so, that when people just chat, that happens. So I've had a couple of guests recently. I won't say who they are. Who have been yeah. like, oh, you know, an hour feels like a long time for a chat. Let's uh, let's aim for thirty. And I'm always, you know, yep, that's fine. Thirty yeah. is thirty's fine. You know, if that's what you can do, yeah. if that's your heart out, um, that's yeah. that that's fine. And two of them, so people could probably work this out, but two of them, when I've said in the podcast like this, oh, okay, well, it's now time for wrap up. They've both gone, oh no 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 no, no we'll 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 keep yeah. going, we'll keep going, we'll keep going. Yeah. Because once you yeah. just start talking about stuff. Yeah. You know, you it's it's it flies by. I call I call this my little TARDIS. You know, because it's like a it's like a yeah. time TARDIS. You come into it, and all of a sudden, an hour and a quarter has gone, and people are like, "What? We it feels like we've just started." My best one was yeah. Terada. Terada, if yeah. you find his episode, and I think I think it's at thirty eight minutes. I could be wrong. Yeah. We get thirty eight minutes into this episode of about an hour ish, and uh, he goes, "So, Pat." What are we going to talk about today? And we've already been talking for thirty-eight minutes, <laughs> which, is, which, I, which I love. It's like it's like the it's the the perfect example of what this little thing is. Yeah, that's exactly right. No, it's great. It's fantastic, and um, yeah, no. So it's it's, it's so good, and um, uh, yeah. And as I say, as I was saying to you before about um, different opportunities and and different ways, this this kind of style of communication and and being able to do this kind of thing has opened up a lot of. Uh, a lot of unique opportunities uh, for me. So like the Sporting Rumble, which was one of them, but the biggest one, I think, um, and even I'm still sort of, you know, uh, can't really believe this is happening, is the, um, I got a a deal uh, with um, Comedy Dynamics, which was an American, um, one of the biggest American comedy uh, producers who they they produce um, comedy albums from like Mark Maron, who we were chatting to about before. Yeah, yeah. uh, Maria Bamford and um, 
Jim Gaffigan and all those kind of guys. Kevin, they, Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish. Kevin Hart, they do. Yeah. Kevin Hart's, I think it's called uh, Black History or something like that. I think they they produced his um, uh, his his special and stuff. And so they, uh, so so I've got to deal with them. And so now, uh, on May the fourteenth, uh, my new comedy album, which is is called Nick Rado on Trend. Uh, which is um, an hour of my my greatest hits, basically, um, which is all clean comedy. Uh, so uh, yeah, an hour of clean comedy, and um, they're going to play it out on Sirius XM, which wow. is Laugh uh, on their channel Laugh USA, and uh, which is a big deal. And then also, it's going to be like uh, available worldwide. Um, just everywhere so I'm, I'm trying to get people to buy it on itunes before may 14th so pre-sales uh on itunes it's not available just yet but if you go to my website there's on the landing page you can um book a pre-sale if you do if you are interested there you go and that's the and that's the um, that's the image you need to look for yeah so that's just got signed off today so that's my my comedy album exclusive um, that's so an exclusive for the podcast yeah, that's it. Yeah, so no one's seen that. Um, so Nick Ratto on Trend is the album, and it's basically the yeah, it, it's 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 really great. I, I filmed it in in Mapua um, in Nelson, and um, well, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell I'll tell you the story of how it came about. Yeah. So basically, um, so when I was literally sitting around doing doing nothing, uh, when covid was happening um i re uh, this guy that i i did comedy with at the hong kong comedy festival um about in 2010 so at the time it was about 10 years ago but now 11 years ago um a, a comedian called turner sparks and we got on well and we spent two weeks at the comedy festival and you know and sort of just kept in contact in various um forms over the over the 10 years but never you know maybe once or once or twice a year type situation and then he reached out around about our time of our elections and New Zealand elections. And it was quite an interesting time for America because obviously they were going through uh, sort of Trump uh, era. Mm -hmm. And um, we were going through quite a unique situation where we had two female leaders uh, vying for the, for the, um, uh, to be the prime minister, uh, which isn't the first thing for New Zealand, but obviously America, you know, it's the first time that they've been actually interested <laughs> uh, in us. So, um, and they just wanted somebody on their podcast to sort of dissect and to, um, you know, make a few jokes about what was happening and to kind of decide, um, uh, yeah, just just to add, add some content to their podcast. It's called Lost in America, their podcast, and it's really good. So what they do is they find worldwide stories and um they get a local comedian to basically go well, what the heck's going on here and they just ask stupid uh well not stupid but just you know simple uh, questions about what's going on because if you don't live in that country um you you tend to not to know the the in-depth or on the ground knowledge as uh my friend russell howard would call it as um when you go into a town and it's great to speak to a local comedian because they've got all the local on the ground knowledge type situation there it is mate you're yeah. great at this lost uh, in america <laughs> finding all these things and so yeah so turner is uh you can't really see his face but i think he's the one on with the with the blue shirt on there but um he's a, a, a comedian based in new york and um he originally uh was uh a comedian in china and so he he had a really great um 
sort of comedy club situation going over there and, and, and was doing very well in China. He was selling soft serve ice cream to Chinese people. Um, and I can't remember which part of China he was doing that, but he was doing that for a long time. And then he, um, he went, eventually went back to New York and was doing comedy. And then so he goes, can you come on this podcast? And I was like, yep, great. And then we just sort of got chatting and obviously it was a great time. And he then sort of said, hey, so what have you been up to? What are you doing? And I just, we just sort of ch- chatted about like how for me personally, I'd, I'd gone clean on my comedy. So um, that means like no, no swearing or sort of sexual innuendo type stuff. And I just found that uh, the last two or three years, I, it was good. I was sort of 90% clean anyway. So it wasn't such a huge shift for me, but it just meant that I could actually say, oh yeah, this is, I'm 100% this way. And he said, oh, well, that's interesting because um, I've done exactly the same thing. And I found, you know, you get more work and um, corporates and so on and so forth. But he said, but the big thing is, is that they, um, uh, a lot of the, record labels and that kind of stuff they're after those kind of comedians because in america there's sirius xm which they play um two i think they've got seven comedy channels and two of them are um you can say whatever you want on and then there's five that are like dedicated clean channels but he says there's like 80 percent of the comedians trying to vie for these two channels and there's only 20 percent on the, the five channels. Right. And so uh, they're always after people who, to, to do clean comedy and especially who are, you know, good and, and who have um, definitely got an hour as well. And so he said, um, I can put you in touch with um, the the people if you like. And I was like, oh, mate, that would be amazing. He goes, oh, have you got like an hour recording? And I just, just so happened that when I was in Sydney, I was doing some, um, some cruise ship work um just before the lockdown stuff and you have to do two 45 minutes of clean so two separate shows so um and it has to be in, obviously international as well because there's so many um uh, internationals on those cruise ships and uh so i just happened to have two separate 45 minutes um like recorded on my phone just like a voice memo and then um and then so i said yeah i can send that off and then uh, they, we had, they had the intros and then they were, they were quite, yeah, what do you call it? Reserved at first. They were very much like, oh, who's this guy? New Zealand, never heard of him, you know, that kind of j- jive. And then um, I sent them, got the contact, got the, sent them my stuff. And then I think within about, I think it was the next morning, uh, well, Turner said to me that, he said within 10 minutes of him, because he I had to send it to Turner and then Turner sent it on to him. He he wouldn't give up the the contact. <laughs> and so uh so Turner did it and he said, um, and he even said to me, Listen, don't don't um have high hopes because I've done this for three or four other people and they haven't even emailed me back to say that they've got right. uh, the the recordings. But he said that within 10 minutes, they came back and said, oh, yeah, we really like his stuff. Can, oh, you, that's put so us, cool. can you put us in contact? Yeah. And then so then there, and then I think I called, I think they contacted me about two days later. And then I want to say, uh, I would say like within four or five days, I had a contract in my email box wow. just ready for me to sign. And That's and, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, so the, that, pretty... that's, the, that's the story you hear about 
like the actor getting the Hollywood break or the sports person getting signed to, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, that's, yeah. the, that's the John Kerwin story who was playing third grade for Marist and working as a butcher. Then all of a sudden next yeah. weekend he's playing for Auckland sort of thing, just to have that kind of break. And it's so exciting to hear that these things are happening in the arts as well and exciting to know where to from here. Yeah, well, that's it. That's exactly right. And so, and the big thing I liked, what I liked about them is that it kind of seems like the further up you go in, or in this kind of situation, the the easier it is. It just felt, it felt like it was just like, he just had, like, we just had a conversation and they chatted to me and they said, okay, so, you know, this is what we're after. Um, when do you want to record it? And I said, I oh, like, I said, do I have to go, go to America to record it? And he's like, no, you can record it in New Zealand because it's just the audio album. Yep. And even if it was video, I think that they, they still would have let me do it here. But just cost, um, just cost a bit more for a decent set. That's all. That's what Kiwis don't yeah, do. Yeah, that's so exactly well. right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. So, and I just said, okay. And then he goes, well, um, when can you do it? And I said, oh, like, I said, oh, I can, I can do it pretty quickly if you want. And he just said, well, just give me a date and then we can start working backwards from there. And so uh, Nelson was a place that I, I, we bought it. My family bought me and my wife bought a house down there uh, about two or three years ago. And we'd been living down there for two or three years. And so, but it was a place that I'd only ever gigged, like I'd done open mic stuff, but I hadn't really put on a show there. And so uh, my sister-in-law just had had a baby and we were going down there as a family for two weeks just to meet the new uh, addition to the family. Nice. And then, so I was like, oh, maybe I could like at the, towards the end of that, that two weeks, maybe I could tag on um, and record the show and, at, and find a venue and, at the playhouse. and get it done. And it was in January and it was the worst time to do comedy because it's like, it's, you know, light down there until about 11 PM. <laughs> so no, everyone wants to just be at barbecue. So it was very, you know, I was, I was going, hey, people aren't going to want to come out, you know, um, in January, most people will be away and that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I ended up uh, performing or doing two nights at the Marpoor Playhouse. It was recorded over two nights. Um, oh, here's the, okay. If, if you want to, here's the, so Here's a good story. Um, so they obviously everything was being done remotely. So normally they would like sort of I don't know fly people over or fly a team or or what have you, and 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 get all their people in. But obviously because of COVID they had to do things remotely. So a lot of the things had to be done via recommendations or agencies or that kind of situation. And so they had they had booked an audio engineer um, from LA and they just booked it through recommendations and and stuff. And then hang on. You mean, you mean they made the booking from LA that the engineer wasn't from LA? No, no, no. They booked an audio engineer from LA meaning, yeah. Okay. I, when I heard you say that, I thought the engineer, but you're saying the booking was made from LA. Yes. That (laughs) was from LA. With you, with you, with you. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they booked they they booked a local uh, audio engineer, and then they said, "Hey," they sent me an email and said, "Hey, um, here's your audio engineer. Um, I'm going to CC you in, and uh, you guys can chat from here, and, and you guys can chat." And, and was like, "Let's make an album," and it was all all, all pretty LA um, hype uh, with re- regarding to it. And then so I just sort of like. Um, I got as I got their name and 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 sort of just I just wanted to Google who they were and what they'd done and that kind of thing because obviously it's a big deal for me so I'd 
just wanted to see if they were, you know, if they could push record on something. <laughs> um, and anyway, so I Google this guy and I won't say his name because I think people could probably find him anyway with regards to what I'm about to say. But um, I Googled his name and it came up as a um, as one of Nelson's uh, notorious con men. Oh, <laughs> And and I was like, hmm. And I read more and more into it, and it was just like what he done. And I don't know if you remember this, but apparently back in the day, this particular person, he stole a flight checkbook, like a, a training, a new, um, like a a checkbook for a, a a pilot's training course type situation. And then he went around New Zealand pretending to be a pilot. And signing off all these checks and staying in flash hotels and um, and buying or not buying cars but in rental cars and so on and so forth. And he got caught and he got done. And it was like a like a catch me if you can type scenario, but for New Zealand. And um, he uh, and so anyway, he he you know served. He got uh, punished. I can't remember what he actually got. You know whether he did time in jail or if he just got fined or what have you. Anyway. It was this guy and he was going to be my audio engineer. And I was like, back to the LA guys, I was like, um, yeah, that's all good as long as it's not this guy. And then they they were like, hmm, uh, it's okay. I don't think it is. He's been, he's come highly recommended. So we'll, we'll check. And so anyway, I ended up meet, I ended up meeting him, meeting the person and it was the guy, it was the content. And when I chatted to him, he just, just something didn't feel right. Like I was asking him questions like, oh, how are you going to record it? And then he goes, oh, I haven't decided which microphones I'm going to use yet. And I was like, okay. SM and I said, oh, how are you going to record SM 57s will do the job. Thank you very much. Well, that's that's all I wanted to hear, right? Yeah, yeah. But he was like going, and he even was saying like, I think it's an SM. Oh, I can't remember what the thing is. And, I, and I've, I'm not an audio guy, but I've recently bought like um, wireless mics and that kind of stuff. And I just know if you've got gear, you just, you know, you've researched it. Like I've got the Rode Wireless Go uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm aware of just simple things like that. And he, when he couldn't tell me that, I was like quite nervous. I was like, okay. And I said, I asked him like, well, how are you going to record the crowd? And he says, I think I'm, he goes, I think I'm going to mic in, in the tables individually. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, I think I'll just mic all the tape. I said, but won't you get like, you know, glasses on and yeah. clapping and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I said, yeah, you're not really going to record the laughter per se. You're just going to record um, the, the the wooden sounds and the clinking and stuff. And I think that if, it, if we were doing a, you know, a, like a sitcom or a folly, you know, situation, you, you might want to get that, but not in a, I don't want to have that in the album. So just alarm bells were ringing and I was like, oh gosh. And it was, this was like three or four days out from the record. And I said to my wife, I said, I just don't know about this guy. It's this big deal. And she goes, well, you just have to get, you just have to find somebody else. Like it's your livelihood. It's your biggest deal. You've already had a, a like a really big break fall over. So well, <laughs> um, you can't just let this, you can't just let this slide. And so I made a big call and I said to the LA guys, I, I'm not comfortable with this this person doing to recording my sound and I just, I, I want somebody else. Can we find somebody else? Um, and then whilst I was down there, I um, was just 
chatting around to local people and they had sort of heard of him. They said, yeah, don't definitely don't do, do use this guy. And right. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, get, yeah, it's, it's really getting serious now. And then this one guy um, called Jeff Sherlock, who I'll, I, I owe him a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, he said, um, uh, uh, um, another comedian friend of mine called Raven Khan, he, he said, oh, while you're in Nelson, you should go check out this room because it's a weird room. This guy called Jeff Sherlock, he runs this thing called um, Room 25. And he says, it's, it's this weird room. It's like, it's, it's in his, like the back of his house, but it's just, just this amazing venue where like musicians play. And he says, and he wants to do comedy there. So you should go, go check it out. So I was like, okay, cool. And I was like in the midst of all this, you know, palaver. And I was like, I, I don't know if I have time to, you know, go check this out. And Ray goes, just go check it out. It'll take you five minutes and, you know, you can get on with your day. Anyway, end up meeting Jeff and he goes, and I told him the story and he goes, yes. He goes, I forbid you to use that person. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I've known this guy five minutes and he's like, you know, forbidding me to do it. And he goes, Let, give me, give me half, give me half an hour to an hour and I'll find you the best person around. And anyway, he 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 was a man of his word. Found this amazing sound engineer called Robbie Sissons, I think. Yeah, Robbie Sissons, who'd done stuff, you know, all over the country and and worked with some really big bands and stuff. And he was just a great engineer. And um, then yeah, and then Jeff also said, "I will be his right hand man as well. I'll I'll help you, rec- I'll help him record it, and so that even though I trust him." I just, yeah, you just know that you got two people that have got your back on this. And I was like, okay. And this was two days out from the record. Yeah. And so, and then, so then it all happened. They recorded it and it sounds amazing. It sounds fantastic. Like they just, yeah, it just really sounds great. It sounds like when I listened to it, I was like, oh, that's, that's a comedy album. And it's report, it's recorded in a little place called the Mapua Playhouse. Only like a hundred, hundred people in there. It sounds like there's two or 300, you know, with the way that they've recorded it. And it just, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more happier with how it's turned out. But, uh, but yeah, that's the, the story of <laughs> how the album almost wasn't. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty, to, pretty cool story. Yeah. And without, obviously you've been careful not to share the person's, details just so i know yeah. because i've been googling while you've been talking uh did yeah. this crime stuff happened about 10 years ago yeah that's it and he yeah. was sent to prison for two years and three months does that sound right yeah that's it yeah that's I, it. I found him yeah <laughs> <laughs> i found him while we were talking yeah but as you can see i'm, I'm the master of google so that's why I yeah no that. you're very good you're very good no, so i think um so yeah so uh, yeah obviously yeah that's that's what happened and so, you know there's so nothing... do you think so was he was he trying to, in your opinion, uh, honest held mm. belief, we call this, so it's not slander. Um, no. Was he trying to basically rip you off or has he started a job working in audio and he was just a, a bad choice? I think, yeah, I think he's trying to start his own thing. Right. But what I think he's done, and I think this is why the LA people really liked him because he was like, uh, most Kiwis are quite humble and sort of play down there. Um, the accolades, whereas he was like very new to the situation. And, you know, he may have been, he may have been fine. He may have been great. But I think he sort of, obviously, as people who are con, con people do, they sort of uh, play up and sort of uh, say the things you want to hear. 
Um, unfortunately, when I met him, he wasn't saying the things that I wanted to hear, which yeah. Yeah, would give me confidence, you know. And so, and then when I sort of was chatting around town, and I, and obviously I believe in giving people second chances, but I just don't want them to give people second chances on my biggest chance. <laughs> yeah. So you know, maybe there's third a, or fourth album member, you can come talk to me. But yeah, there's a then, there's a balance, isn't there? I mean, I'm yeah. I'm very similar to you. You 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 give people a a break or you let them like I rent yeah. out some of my rooms in my house for example I've got a six bedroom house here in Dunedin and yeah. I'm I'm very open to having any any person come and live with me but I have to tell you that if I go onto their Facebook page and I see you know imagery that I think nah, you know I've got a couple of kids that yeah. come with me part time and yeah. Even though they might be perfectly nice people, I was a bit of a tear away when I was a teenager. No problems with that, sure. or a student at university. You still kind of go. I'm. I. Th I think that I am going to keep my property the way I want it, rather than giving you that second chance. This very second, lovely person, yeah. nothing against you, but yeah. So very different scenario. But I, I get what you mean. There's a. Um, I remember Oprah Winfrey telling a story once. Uh, it's funny. It's about her checkbook. Actually, you mentioned checks before. Yeah. And yeah. she said one of her family members was stealing checks off her and writing them out and cashing them in and stuff. And her thing that she always said was um, she completely forgave the person because obviously to her bank balance it didn't, it didn't mean very much, but she never forgot. So she didn't right. leave the checkbook out around that person anymore. She's forgiven yeah. them, but she's stored that stuff away. And she says, I'm not going to risk a second chance on you again because it didn't go so well last time. And I think we always yeah. hear, we always hear, maybe it's a key, oh, you know, forgive and forget. And it's like, oh, no, we can forgive the person. Society's forgiven that person. He's done his time. But it doesn't mean you have to forget. And if you're facing a conman whose job is to, to bullshit you and lie yeah. to you to get you to believe them, even if they're speaking the truth, yeah. you kind of go, hmm. It's like I talk, tell my kids you know, probably 20 times in their lives the idea of, um, you know, uh, the boy who cried wolf has come up. Yes. You know, if you do that too much, then when you're yeah. telling the truth, little yeah. con child, uh, yeah. maybe I won't believe you. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, exa that's exactly right. So, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how it's all panned out and what it was. Yeah. I mean, to be, to be truthfully honest to you, it was very, um, so we, like when that Australian gig fell over, it was very, it was a big, it was a big um, punch in the guts, really. It was like a really like, oh, you know, this was just like, like everyone had during COVID probably had, everyone's got a COVID story of, especially in the job that I do, it's, it's like, it's it's really hard when you don't have anything or anyone to specifically to blame for it. It's like not, it's yeah. like, oh, it's not, I, I didn't stuff up or, yeah. you know, oh, it's because they didn't like me or X, Y, Z. It was just purely like this... <laughs> this worldwide pandemic so it was a punch in the gut and for me i was like it was the, one of the very few times where i was like thinking i don't know if i can come back from it i don't know if i can get up again for this because wow. this is like this was the big break this is the you know this was everything was everything was going smoothly the timing of the kid like uh the timing of the actual break with the kids being a certain age my wife was on board she was wanting to go to live in sydney we'd sell out we sold our house we did had you know it was it went smoothly even to the fact that when we were moving we had to sell i think we had two cars and we hadn't sold one of the car like we were gonna have to leave a car there just abandon a car before we go over to australia and the day that the um, movers came and moved all our stuff out, 
the moving man goes, hey, are you selling your car? I'll buy it off you for cash now if you want. And we're like, this is just all too easy, <laughs> you know. It's all lining it's all too, up. Too, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, middle of the ocean, bang, punch in the stomach. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, come on. And then, you know, you just sort of like, and then just, just sort of, I just sort of granny stepped it back to the you know situation where we are now we spent had like nine or ten months without our stuff so i had to sort of scramble to get like this three-bedroom apartment in in Ottawa, and i had to go all around auckland and getting trade me pickups and getting like secondhand beds and a coffee table and cutlery and the the thing that goes in the you know like a holder for the cutlery like things that you've already purchased but you don't want to spend so much because um you've already got the stuff and it's so coming you're back, trying to do it, it is, on the cheap it is coming back to you at some stage oh yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and it's coming back to you at some stage but at the same time you're like but you, then you don't want to not live around nice things <laughs> and so it's kind of like uh, it's just this weird situation so it's about it's been about six seven eight nine months of like literally fingertip inch by inch crawling back and then so so then, you know, to get to this situation on the other end where you're just like, I'm about to um, do uh, release an album across America and across the globe, really. It's going to be available everywhere. Um, and more people are potentially can, can listen to this album than I've ever had in my whole entire career. And it's just, it's so weird. But at the same time, it's like... Um, I don't know if, it, if there's any lesson, just keep going. <laughs> I um I I'm thinking about how that would work, but then I guess it's sort of the same as the TV model. You know, I don't know why I'm thinking of The Office. I was listening to a Ricky Gervais podcast yesterday, I think. Mm. Um, and The Office shows on television, and then they sell the DVD, so they're selling yeah. something that's still available free in other places. So I, because I was kind of thinking it plays on you know serious, and then yes. it's available for sale, but. Does it like rotate on these channels a hundred times or what, how does it work? And then obviously it's out there in the ether, but it's yeah. been out there for free and then you sell it. But that's what I'm saying in my head. I'm kind of going, but that's what TV does that they, they show the yeah. series and they sell the DVD, even though it might still be available on demand somewhere at the same time. Yeah. Well, that's it. So basically, um, so how it works is that they're going to play my album from start to finish. So like, I don't know, when like, the Foo Fighters release an album, The Rock will go, like, the, the new album will play at start to finish. Um, they're going to do that for me on Sirius XM. And then um, I think on Laugh USA, but they've got like four or five other channels and stuff. Um, and then from there they'll play. So like my, um, it'll be tracks. So like, that was the most tedious thing I've, I've had to do. And the hardest thing, is going through my hour and then not only naming the tracks, but also going from, you know, zero, one minute 37 to four minutes 23 is track three. Yeah. yeah, And it's going to be called this and this. And then you, and you're literally going, but whatever I segment this into, that's it. That's going to be it forever. Like, so whatever you call this and whatever this is. So if you, stop it you know one joke too early or let it go one joke too long it's kind of like it's it's quite it's quite uh it's quite hard to do and especially when i've been so close to these bits and especially when throughout the album if you listen to the whole album there's actually callbacks to some of the bits so there's bits where people are laughing like really hard um at some bits but it's because i've met i've i've called back to like an earlier joke and so 
it might not sound so good if it's um if it's individually uh, played out so um so how it works is yeah so it's like radio so they'll they'll pick five six seven tracks from the album and they'll rotate it and then uh yeah and then, and then i'll get residuals or royalties from from those plays but then yeah it'll be available it'll be available everywhere but what i'm trying to do and this is my goal is that if i can get as many people as i can to um buy the album on itunes because of and this is i'm just being totally honest here because of covid and pure inactivity of people releasing albums <laughs> that aren't got people like crowds with masks on them or drive-in movies or whatever. There's a very high possibility that I can make the top 10 in the U S uh, comedy album charts. If people, if people buy um, the album on iTunes and iTunes is the one of the only ones that have like a chart, like a, like an album chart. And so if that's the case, then if I can get as many of my friends and family and, and fans to, to pre-purchase and to buy the album as opposed to listening to it for free. Um, there's an amazing opportunity for a New Zealand comic to be in the top 10 in the, um, in America for, um, comedy albums. And from going from, yeah, like literally scrambling around on trade me, uh, you know, by haggling $15 off on a coffee table <laughs> through to having a top 10 album in the comedy charts would be a, a huge, you know, from rags to riches, literally a uh, story. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm aiming for. And that's what, uh, yeah, I think, I think, it, and I think it's possible, like look, chatting with the numbers and the way that it's trending and stuff, it, it, it's definitely a possibility. Right, look at this. You see that? Oh yeah. Done. Pre-ordered. Oh mate, check it that? out. So oh, look well, at it's that. Just, it's just scrolled off for me but oh, there you go done <laughs> pre -order. i love it yeah thank you do. mate i appreciate it oh dude anything to support you know the arts and creativity and that kind of stuff so i've just done it we pre-order it just did it while we were oh, mate. while you were talking oh, i appreciate it. i look forward to Thanks, having mate. a listen to it um hopefully yeah. hopefully that came through on people so i just went to itunes and pre-ordered it. 18.99 new zealand that's a i'm not a coffee drinker but for some reason we seem to relate things to how yeah so it's what what three three or four coffees um it's not a lot of yeah. money if people want to support you know people doing good things and and i and i agree with you it's like um if we can get behind like for some people maybe they can't do 20 bucks fine fair enough yeah. no problems no 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 qualms no nothing but if you can and you don't it's like i, I just feel like it's a little bit like you're talking about the COVID thing. We're all we're all talking about support New Zealand and tour around New Zealand and holiday around New Zealand and let's get this tourism industry going. Why would it be any different for the arts? I mean, go to your mm -hmm. go to your um, local movies. I mean, they had Rams out the other day with I uh, went and saw it with um, and and the Oscar Kitely one about Dawn Raid and supporting that. Going to your local galleries. Well, it's, this is just an extension of that. And and I I'm, I, I want to make real clear that I'm not belittling the thing. It's not like a pity pity purchase because you want to buy it because you want to buy it i mean no. I've, I've seen your stuff and i've watched you on telly yeah. and i and i know some of the stuff you've done and that and i i i I'm a huge i'm a huge fan of stand-up comedy so forget all the because it's covid i'd i'd want to get it anyway and, and certainly the idea of the ability to pay 20 bucks for something versus 
getting it for free. If it was, you know, 200 bucks, I understand people might just listen to it on the radio or whatever, but sure, yeah. For three or four coffees, you know, if that's what people drink, that's a way we can, you know, help each other out. Yeah, no, it's great. And I think um yeah, it, and it's it is it's kind of like that whole I don't know. I just remember I just like I remember when we, we all bought that beach remember that we, yeah. the whole country bought that beach back yeah. it's yeah. kind of like that kind of like vibe it's like you know for me especially it's like i don't know I, I just maybe it's the comedian in me it's like the comedian in me wants people who are like big dogs in the industry in america and stuff and even comics over there just to go who is this person from new zealand filmed and where Mapua? <laughs> like what is this yeah and then for them to go that's that's number one in the in the american comedy album or you know whatever it gets to and i just think that that would be hilarious and also you know it's just gonna be it's like it's literally all of my stuff was is written and performed and and made in new zealand and obviously recorded here too and um yeah it's just it's just a great little and, and also as well if if it goes well and it paves the way, it's not, what's to stop you know loads of Kiwis just doing exactly the same thing as as me yeah. and not even having to go to America to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> look, I, I like the idea as well. Like I'm very much of the opinion uh, in this world, this kind of podcasting world, of the rising mm. tide lifts all boats. So yes. uh, I, this whole conversation you've been having about COVID and your opportunities and the th stuff that you've lost has resonated a bit with me because I just opened up a studio in central Dunedin. I'm now, this is yeah. this is in my house, the studio now, because yeah. uh, basically we did, I think, either one or two podcasts in this new studio and then had to shut, yeah. it, shut it down. So much like yourself yeah, right. and your furniture, we put, you know, maybe ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 into um, setting up the studio and then basically yeah. couldn't get to it for two months, which means basically that was all it took for us to kind of go, well rent and you know that kind of stuff and actually if we're honest this COVID thing is going to go on for probably a year even though lockdown yep. is going to finish and people aren't going to be coming into the studio like us today so all those mm -hmm. decisions made us move out and we were just at a point where we were like you know we've got a we've got a, I can probably show you this is a little bit unprofessional because oh, this is one of my other cameras over here I'll show you this if I, <laughs> if I turn this on we've got a, a setup here in Dunedin now so this is in my house uh, yeah oh, I'll do this where we um See if I do that. See, that's my other set on the other side of the room. So there's oh, wow. another set of mics yeah. and that kind of stuff. Oh, just 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 forget those nice. forget those radio awards over there. They're not important. Those ones. Those one from New York. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. But see, this yeah. is my, it's in my house. See, there's the spare room out there. There's the the guard grass outside and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. we had to re-decide how we were going to do it. And now I kind of I was working with a partner, and he was in charge of the uh, sort of the sound and all the technical stuff and COVID he couldn't be so now I run everything myself and I figure I've lost 12 months so I'm like what I tried to get to at the end of last year like my plan yeah. for last year at the start of last year I'm now trying yeah. to get to at the end of this year so I've yeah. just taken that 12 months and I've kind of gone to be honest with you this I, I don't do this for free this job mm. Um, mm. and at the end of this year I will be by the end of this year I will be deciding whether this is a hobby of mine or whether this could be you know, a proper business of the mine. Yeah, and that totally. was my plan for the end of last year, but I, because of COVID, it was written off. So so, so yeah. similar to you, and maybe not quite the same level of you losing those Australian opportunities, but as you say, we've all got our COVID stories where that mm. impacted us somewhat. Um, and if we haven't pivoted, every time I say the word pivot, I think of that scene from Friends with 
with Ross. You yeah. know that friend where <laughs> he's going, pivot. Yeah, um, yeah. And like you have with your, your opportunities have come with your radio and recording for Sirius. And you know, we yeah. have by turning this into sort of a one-man show and building a studio in my house. And and then it's a, a regrouping time. And then it's an expansion mm. time. So it feels like what I hear you saying, not that you've used these words, and you're getting back into that expansion time. You've, you've pivoted, you've regrouped, and now you're expanding again. And I think for all of us who have been through that COVID, especially in the creative world, hopefully for most people who have done that, this is the time that it feels like that expansion needs to happen. And I know for me, I we oh, well, I can't blame the dog. We got a puppy a few months ago, and it's yeah. been like having a fucking baby in the house. So yeah. I've I just realized I've just lost two months looking after a dog. So just yeah. this week, two of the plans that I've had, I'm now really starting to chase down and track down. I'm not going to, I can't talk about what they are because it's a little bit sure. on the DL. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. like, okay, the pivots happen. Now the expansion needs to happen or else, as you say, you were talking about, you don't know if you'd be able to get back up again when you lost those Australian yeah. opportunities. It's like, you know, yeah. we've got to give it this full kick this year and after the pivot happens if it doesn't work after that then it's a reassess you know and it's so they tell you what's so scary working in sort of the and i'm not trying to be wanky by saying in the arts i've got a mate who's who who runs a band he was working in the music scene and since he was 20 you know so 25 years give or take Mm -hmm. and he's moved from being sort of the front of the band to then starting to a slight pivot on who their audience was because they were kind of a fun, silly, quirky band. And then that kind of started to resonate more with kids. So they kind of almost turned into a kids band and they moved to Nashville and they spent 10 years in Nashville doing it over there and they did really well for themselves. And they've come back to New Zealand and they're kind of doing it again more as behind the scenes and they're getting other people to create content. And I said to him the other day, dude, if this all fell over, what would you be doing next year? And he goes, I haven't got a clue. And it's true. It's mm-hmm. like when you're working and you're trying to get this kind of world to go, it's like mm. if this if this world doesn't work, and I don't think people appreciate that, and I don't say this in a negative, but people who have got a nine to five, you know, a teacher, for example, and I used to do that, so there's no criticism, who has a nice, yeah. safe, comfortable job, you know, who has who has okay pay, who has good holidays, they don't quite appreciate yeah. that when you're working in a creative field, yeah. if it doesn't work, what the fuck are you going to do next? I have if this doesn't work. I don't know what I'll be doing next year for an income. It could be anything yeah. from, you know, twenty dollar an hour working in a petrol station. Hundred percent fine with that. No criticism of, yeah. criticism of that. To back into radio, to who knows what. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. And I think my dad, like, I don't, I don't have really the best. Oh, I haven't had the best relationship with my dad uh, over the last however many years. But he, recently, he's come back into into my world, and he gave me the actually the. <laughs> He gave me the best advice that I've received in a long, long time. And he wasn't even giving me advice. This is, it was like accidental. Like he was literally <laughs> like he, he was talking literally about like when we had our house in Nelson, we had these roses, we had this rose bush and, um, and he was t- talking about how to look after it and stuff, but he was literally talking about the roses, but this is how like we're, we're so on different wavelengths that I was like, Oh wow, that's such an amazing metaphor for life. So, <laughs> uh, so, so what he said was, is he was like, he goes, so your roses sit like, cause they, 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 we had these beautiful roses. They were just like, Oh my gosh, they were, they were stunning. Like people would come and take clippings off them and what have you. And, um, my dad came in and visited and he was like, Oh, so this, you know, these look fantastic. And he says, but you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to trim them back. Otherwise, uh, you know, um, the next time around, they're not going to be as, as, as good. And I was like, okay. And he, and he started like chopping them right back. He chopped them right back to like, um, 
to, to it was literally just like stumps really from these roses so he had to like take you know he, he cut them right back and he said the reason why we do that is so that um uh so for the next time that they grow they they can grow and then they can be even better and they can be even bigger and he says so what you have to he said to me um they can't blossom the whole time and i was like mate that is just perfect for what my uh for what what i was going through at the moment it's like where there's it's almost like a boxing or maybe even ufc fighters or whatever they sort of train and they do all these different things for these like maybe two weeks of like where they're in the media full-time or you know the 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 posters everywhere on billboards everywhere and that kind of stuff that's them blossoming that's them in there you know what i mean that's when they're, they're fully fully flowering and so but you can't be that the whole time you've got to literally just cut everything back to the roots and that's where i don't know people might not see your work for maybe two or three months but it doesn't mean that you're not really working or growing behind the scenes and it's not until four five six maybe even a year later months to a year later that people are like oh wow pat's we're killing it he's doing all sorts of you know great things and that's when you're blossoming that's when you're um sort of I guess they call it cashing in or, or feel it seeing success, but it's um, it's only because you cut your stuff back down to the to the to the bare bones and the roots, so that you could get to that amazing level of of where you'll get to next, and that's what I I try and work with and try and work you know for and stuff like that. So for me, this is potentially. Or this will be a blossoming time the next two or three, four weeks. Yeah. Where my album's out, my comedy festival show, I'm just currently writing a new hour. But what what this opportunity is, is that I've now I've recorded this hour. So for now, it's like I've recorded this hour. I'm about to perform a new hour at the comedy festival, which is going really well at the moment too. But then this hour will be then the next album that launches. But... But yeah, between now and whenever that um, I record that, but I'm, I'm aiming to be in the next year or a year and a half, there will be a lot of hard work. A lot of people won't see me for a little while. And then it'll be in about a year's time where we'll probably hopefully have another chat and say, <laughs> you know, second album's out. This The album did X, Y, Z the last time and, and we're only going to go bigger and better next time and, and so on and so forth. So um, yeah it's it's uh it's interesting and tricky time but especially in the creative world it's um you know nothing beats like a getting back up again and b um just doing the work and and believing in yourself i think the other thing i'm reminded of as you're talking about you know the the pruning back and blossoming is there's a movie called this is 40 do you know this is 40 it's a judd apatow movie no. with um kevin no. uh, with paul rudd and leslie man leslie man hilarious as mm. all judd yeah. apatow movies are um and Paul Rudd's character is someone who owns a music label and he wants to kind of revitalize all the old rockers. Um, I have seen so, this one. Yes, yeah, okay. Yes, yes, and he gets, yeah. he, and, and it's a genuine old rocker. I can't remember his name, but he, mm. Paul Rudd's company makes him a, uh, makes him a new album, produces a new album. And at the end of the thing, when the album doesn't sell, the old rocker goes to him, oh, you expected this to sell. And Paul Rudd's character is like, yeah, of course we need it to sell to save the business. And he goes into this sort of explanation and he describes it as keeping your nuts small. This old rocker yeah. says that's the, the, the um, you know, the, the secret of life is keeping your nuts small. And be careful Googling that, by the way, because you get all sorts of images. But <laughs> what he's basically meaning is your outgoings, 
you know, your life, your, you know, if you can afford to buy a $2 million house, then buy a $1.5 million house. Keep your nuts small. Yeah. And then yeah. in those times where you've been pruned, I guess, you don't have the same yes. responsibility to go out. Now, just mm. bear with me because marry that, because as you were talking about the UFC, I did think about one thing. I think there are the exceptions out there as well. And I know that the UFC thing you're talking about is people train. Let's look at the Olympics. They'll train for the Olympics yeah. and they'll they'll build up slowly. Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of the reasons he was so successful with his bodybuilding career, was he never did those peaks and valleys. He 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 trained up to the the, the competition and then he stayed training up there for his career. And that was yeah. what his most successful was. And I think there are some exceptions. And off the top of my head, I'm thinking about people like Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, if you ever look what he's doing at any one stage, he's doing, he's producing a movie, he's starring in a movie, he's producing two television shows, you know, yeah. all these kinds of things. There are those people who can seem to get to that performance level and stay there for a period of time. Um, and I guess I kind of go, good on them, you know. But it's, but as you say, I like the, I like the idea of the, the pruning as well. I like the idea of kind of, Pulling back, I know when I kind of first got into the world of media, I was working as a presenter on Juice TV, and and to my detriment, unfortunately, they were having some trouble financially, and so they got rid of all bar four of their um, on-air talent, and the reason they did was that they had to bring it all back to get mm. this this shit together before then yeah. expanding again, and. Yeah. Um, it's like in teaching. I talked about teaching before. There's an old adage of teaching that you don't smile until Easter. Because if you smile yeah. before Easter and give away the game that you're enjoying yourself, the stu- it's, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot harder to to kind of get control back again, rather than yeah. at Easter starting to relax control. So it's that sort of thing. It's like yeah. control, tight control. You know, um, doing the bare minimum, what you need to do, do it well, and then start to expand. Start to smile, loosen up with the kids. Start to you know whatever the other analogies are. Start to you know get more presenters back on board. You know those three or four examples i went through with i think i think oh, I, yeah i think it's great advice yeah absolutely and i think um yeah it's just getting it's yeah and i think for me like a friend of mine uh, joel shadbolt who's the lead singer of lab i met him uh when he when my wife was pregnant with our first child he's now coming up to six so i met him probably maybe six or it must be six years ago um and uh we were at a, like a yoga festival. My wife was a yoga instructor or is still a yoga instructor. And, um, he was, he was there with his partner at the time. And we just, we just bonded because we there weren't too many guys there. So we just, <laughs> like, we were just, me and him, we were just hanging out. Just active wear and, as far uh, as the eye could and, see. And he was like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, and so we're just chatting away and like, he was, and he was a super cool guy and he was really interested in what I was doing and I was interested in what he was doing. And at the time he was just teaching music and he wasn't like, he goes, oh, I'm thinking about starting a band, but I don't really know. And I'm, at the moment I'm just, yeah, just, I'm just sort of teaching music and I don't really know what to do. And and so that's why he was like going to a lot of talks and sort of talking about like, you know, following your passion and so on and so forth. And, and he was at a stage where it was like, kind of, I don't know if I want to do this full time, if, if I can, if this is all it is. And then I think about a year or two later, he, um, he met, um, he started or was was got asked to join LAB, and I've been following their success and they've been amazing. And what they've done, and this is what I personally am going to be following as well, is just they have been relentless with releasing 
content and releasing albums. So they, in the last four or five years, I think they've released four albums. And so for me, it's like, as soon as they release another album, I see on their Instagram or their Facebook that they're back in the studio recording uh, or writing a new, another album. And it's like, it's that, that Arnold Schwarzenegger thing that you were talking about where they're at that level now and you see them now, they're, they're selling out Mount Smart Stadium and so on and so forth. And they're doing so well. There's they are talented and they are hardworking, um, but also they um, are pretty relentless with, you know, not resting on their laurels. Now they have got the system where they have, you know, blossoming, but then also whilst that's blossoming, they're also like, they've almost got two or three gardens going, you know what I mean? (laughs) So that's how they, that's how they're working it. And so for me in the next I know in the next uh, 2025, I've set myself a goal of three albums. So this is the first one. And then by 2025, there'll be three. Now, it does take a while for you to record them and then to release them. Of course. So that's why it's sort of, you know, um, so for me, for example, I recorded this in January. And it's going to be uh, not until five months later where it's actually going to be released and all sorts of stuff like that. So um, so it's about a year and a half uh, to to get it all done and and to get it dusted but that's my goal that's what i'm you know working on at the moment and um yeah forgetting about comprom uh forgetting about comparing myself to other people now and like what where, where they are what they're getting what they're doing um i've made this little deal with myself that whenever i start comparing my career trajectory or if what um what other people are getting if i start doing that then I use that as a trigger to then start writing my own stuff, like to work on my new hour. Nice. So it's kind of like, if you're going to go that way, it's like, no, no, don't think about what other people are doing. Like you can be working right now. This is not, this is not good for you. So if you start thinking like that, then go, all right, what can I be doing um, for myself and doing the next thing? So there's little things that I've, I mean, I wish I had a, could tell this to myself, you know, 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> but you know, you can you only learn it when you learn it. So it's um yeah, it's it's just little things that I've been learning over the last little while. And sometimes, you know what? Maybe I wouldn't have learned it and maybe wouldn't have appreciated it if I didn't go through the troubles that I did go through through COVID. Uh, maybe you have to lose everything to then go, all right, it's kind of stuff you guys is what I'm going to do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess we all say that, also acknowledging that, um, especially in New Zealand, we've been luckier than most when we've lost our stuff. We're talking about opportunities and you know finances and oh. stuff, but we've also been in a in a world that's been fairly safe in a health aspect from this thing as well. So, yeah, yeah, I've I, got mates in the U. I've got mates in the UK that are yeah, totally. They're just only just getting into the, you know our comedian mates and stuff who just are getting into um, what we would describe as like level two situations and gigs and outdoor gigs now so and that's been a year on so yeah, yeah it's yeah yeah i was just going to say so people can see for themselves what you're talking about um i put up the lab wikipedia page um and oh, yeah. and what you're saying about them having a, an album each the thing is that's worked for them as well so they've got an album on uh in 2017 that was number 15 in the charts 2018 yeah. number 12 2019 number five and 2020 was number one in the charts so it's actually worked for them as yeah. well building that that content has built their audience has probably improved their skills because they're working more and has also enabled them to follow that trajectory from the 15 mark up to number one over those four albums as well which is it's kind of cool to see you can see the literal growth of them whilst they've been doing it as well 
Well, also talking to Joel as well, and I know for a fact that I think it might have been the second album or the third album. It might have been the third album. I can't remember. Yeah, but I remember them sort of, it didn't go as well as, as they anticipated or it wasn't like the the big boom they thought oh this is going to be the album we've done two years now so the third year gosh it's going to happen this year yeah yeah and so they they i remember them sort of like going, they were really like oh quite you know that was their punch in the gut moment with like oh you know should we keep going what should we do and then look at them now like you know they're just absolutely they're, they're doing really great things and i admire them for that and uh i draw inspiration from that and and it's um yeah I, I really wish nothing but the best for those those boys and um I, and and yeah they're inspiring me to do my own thing and um yeah we'll see we'll see where it goes hey um before we shoot off and thanks for giving us some time today um no i was just going to ask you about the decision to go clean uh, clean comedy. Oh, yes. I say clean comedy in case someone, in case mm. I turn this into a clip and people just say the decision to go clean, or they think it's drugs and alcohol related. But clean comedy <laughs> was it? Is it really just a business decision, or did something happen in your life? Because I hear clean comedy, and I straight away think about you know people not wanting to swear, maybe people having a you know an awakening yeah. to the world or whatever. What, what was the driving force behind the decision to go to clean comedy? Uh, a lot of it was, you know what, like I was finding that I was sort of an 80, 90% there anyway. And like, I don't, and I swear and I, and you know, I think, um, people who don't do clean comedy are hilarious. I think, you know, some of the, I just, some of the funniest howling laughter I've had is, is, you know, some of the most darkest and, you know, daringest jokes that, that I've ever heard and stuff. And it doesn't mean that I don't find it funny, but it just, for whatever reason, when I was on stage and I was doing 80, 90% of my stuff and it was pretty clean, and then I would launch into something that wasn't clean, it just really jarred with the audience. And it was right. just, and it, it was almost kind of like they didn't expect that or want that from me. Um, and then it just was like, oh, okay, why did they turn? And I was just sort of, and this is just like listening back to your sets and 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 always tr like always learning and and um, uh, I guess training um, for lack of a better term on my stand up. I was like, kind of, okay, so they, I had them for that 80 percent of that set, and then why did they just turn off? Why did I lose half the audience in that situation? And nine times out of ten, it was because I was doing something that sort of didn't fit. Hmm. you know my persona or fit that what they were like wanting to do uh wanting to see from me so and not that you should you know let the audience decide you know what jokes you should tell and what jokes you shouldn't tell but for me it was just sort of like a natural leaning towards that anyway um and uh i just did it i just did it as a challenge as well like i was like going so i've i've been lucky enough that where i i've so when I started out, no one wanted to be an MC, uh, comedy MC in the UK. So I started in the UK and no one wanted to be a comedy MC. And, um, but for me, it was the only time I could get stage time because no one wanted to do it. And so I would get paid money and I would get to go up two or three times in the evening mm -hmm. uh, to get more stage time. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll just be the comedy. I'll do what everyone else is not doing so that I can get more stage time and I get paid money to do it. Yeah. People don't like doing it because you can't double up. So you can't like in the UK, especially you could do potentially in London, you could do two, three gigs a night because you just do a spot, spot, spot. But when you're at the MC, you have to stay longer. We have to stay for the whole thing. 
But what people weren't realizing is that you were potentially doing three spots a night anyway in the same same room. You have to do different things. But um, yeah, so I I became really great at being an MC, and so I, part of part of my thing is being best, you know, trying to be the best MC I can be, and I ended up winning the Comedy Guild Award for best MC five times. No one else has ever done that, but I because I treated it like. I'm going to not only going to do this, I'm going to be the, the best at it. Then when started, pe- people started like going, oh, he's a really great MC, but that's all he can do is his material. Isn't that great? Right. And then I was just like, okay, well, I'm not going to be an MC now. I took a, a year off from MCing and I just was like, just, I'm just going to write stuff. I'm just going to write like an amazing sort of 20, 30 minute, um, like, uh, routines and things like that. And then um, they were like, oh, yeah, well, he's he, he's great over 20 minutes, but he can't, like, close the show. And that was the other thing. It's like, okay, all right. And then so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to MC. And, I'm not, and so my goal is to be a headliner. So I'm like, not only am I going to um, have enough material to do the time of a headliner um, in New Zealand, it's normally between 30, 40, 45, 50 minutes, sometimes an hour um, uh, to, to close a show. And so for me, it was like just I'm going to – just try and write the best headlining set that's you know that I can possibly write at this time with these the skill set and in 2019 I ended up winning best male comedian which uh is 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 detriment to that as to kind of like that's the skill but now when I look back on all the stuff I was like I've got these MC skills I've got I can open a show I can middle a show I can headline a show and so um yeah, so it's kind of like getting to that that point where you um, you try and develop all these skill sets and and you try and be the best you can be in, in all areas. Um, I can't remember why I'm trying to why I've said all these things now. What we were talking about before, um, but uh, I think yeah, it's about I guess like I don't know what I was chatting about, but I think like about getting striving to be better and yeah. um, and and uh, learning the the different the different uh, elements of, of of being good it's really it was a conversation about why were you clean and that what you're talking about is oh. you're talking about your personality um but the bit at the end there about the you kind of kicking yourself in the balls meaning making it difficult yourself i'm reminded of a conversation that i saw a bunch of comedians talking there was ricky gervais and there was chris rock and there was jerry seinfeld and there was louis ck and Louis C.K. does a similar thing, not exactly to what you're saying, but he he says when he's going around trying stuff out, he often opens with his best bit. Because most yep. comedians close with their best bit. He often opens with it, and then he's laid bare in front of the audience, yep. and then he has to get better to um to yep. be able to, to do it. But it also made me think of Jerry Seinfeld when you were talking about what I heard you saying, if I'm paraphrasing, is the, yep. the, the, the swearing on stage just doesn't fit who you are as a comedian. It's just sort of simple as that. Jerry Seinfeld tells a story about there yeah. was there was a joke and he used to um, tell the joke and he said fucking the joke and everyone laughed yeah. and he tried one night not saying fucking the joke and nobody yeah. laughed and he felt yeah. really concerned that they were laughing because of the swear word rather than yeah. the content of the joke so he stopped doing it um, yes. which I which I was thinking about the other thing I was thinking about was and I'm sure you know of Jim Gaffigan and Jim Gaffigan yes. is a clean comedian when you're a clean yeah. comedian it's like you know, when you're an adult trying to tell kids about swearing, you're like, you know, if you yeah. use this word all the time, it loses all its 
it's important meaning yeah you know yeah. whereas if you look at someone like Jim Gaffigan you know Jim Gaffigan came out not too long ago talking about uh, when Donald Trump was talking of the NRNC speech and because yeah. he um, he said a few F words the usually clean yeah. comic dropped several F bombs online during a Trump yes. RNC speech because he never does and he's known for being yeah. clean when he yeah. did use those words it had yeah. so much more of an impact. So I guess exactly. that kind of is that's up your sleeve, isn't it? If you ever want to, in the future. Oh ab no, absolutely. And I did do a show last uh, two years ago, which we got nominated for the Fred Award, um, where that was one of the things where I had to swear in it. And it, but when I swore, people didn't mind because it was like he really means that. Like he really means that. That was what I was the point I was trying to make before about like going the MC and doing all that kind of stuff. The reason, so I was doing the things to get these um, uh, skill sets under my belt, but the clean situation was exactly that. So it was like, ah, uh, I know that I can, I can make when I'm writing the stuff, what happens if, could I say the same thing, but without swearing in it? And sort of, it was like a challenge for me to do it. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I remember, I remember doing like, I wonder if I could do 20 minutes without swearing or without, or without any kind of sexual right. innuendo or whatever. And then I ended up doing it. I was like, okay, I wonder if I could 30. And I was like, I wonder if I could do an album. I wonder if I could do an album or that kind of thing. And so a lot of it isn't even just like it's been a, you know, oh, I'm going to do it for, you know, because it's more corporate work or I can get on Sirius XM in America or whatever. It's not like a, it wasn't like a, um, I guess, a tactical decision. It was more of a getting better decision. And I think I've, that's what for me has always been about with comedy is like, how do I get better? And and for me, I like, I chatted to a mate of mine down to who's down the road and he was like talking about how he's making all these deals because he wants to retire like um, soon. And like when he's, I think like not soon, but like in 20 odd years or something, he goes, oh, when I'm 65, I want to retire. I don't want to be working, you know, doing this malarkey all the time. And he was talking and talking away. And I was just like going, oh, yeah. And I was just going, mate, I'd be I'd be super happy if I was doing stand-up until I was like 80, 85, 90, like just keep going. And uh, I would be so happy with that. And I'd still, I think, would even be going to like be uncomfortable about certain jokes. Oh, is this funny? Or, you know, whatever. And I just think I'm quite content in knowing that that's, that's like something that I really want to do. It doesn't mean that it's not hard. And sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, doubt yourself or, or, you know, can I get up again? There's definitely moments like that, but because I'm trying to get better all the time and, and trying to do things, I went to an open mic last night and um, it was like Thursday night. It was a, it was a dive bar. There was like <laughs> 13 or 14 people there. And they, the first two comedians, like had, they had nothing. They gave them nothing for the first, first two comedians. And then when I went on, I ended up doing 22 minutes of all brand new stuff. Wow, cool. And, they, and, I, and when you get them and I got them and it was all clean, but it was all new, it's nothing from this album. And But they're laughing as hard as, as what they were on the jokes that I've been honing for years and years and years. And then you come away from that, you're like, I know that wasn't perfect, but it was there was something there that I can work from. And I go, okay, I can tweak that. I can change this. I can add this. And uh, for me, it's like, whoa, that's, that, that, that's kept me going for another two or three months. Just that one little dive by gig. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that resonates a lot with people or and what they do, but um, I know for, that's just me. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, just, uh, I think, 
in, in summary, a very long summary of to answer <laughs> your question, why to go clean? It was the challenge. And then now the challenge is um, being rewarded. And yeah, it's not saying that I'm never, ever not going to, you know, do do what Jim Gaffigan did, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's there. It, it gives power. When yeah. you say like, or, you know, an, a, another word a lot, it loses its its meaning. And I feel that's the same with swearing. Yeah. And swearing's so good. You want to keep that up your sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure um, catching up with you. If people want to find out more no about you, your website is uh, nickrado.com, uh, N-I-C-K, rado.com. Yep. Uh, and up here as well, you've got all your live dates. You've got quite a bit coming up. The the um, the album, I've just done the pre-sales, but when does it actually drop? What's the date that it drops? So it drops in May, May 14th, but I think that's May 14th in America, so I think it's May 15th in um, New Zealand. And if you um, yeah, if you go to my website, you can uh, pre-purchase without actually paying for it. Like you can, um, you just say, hey, Nick, give us a, you know, uh, there's like a little white button there that just says, you know, reserve a album. And I can tell, I can talk you through it because there's, I'm going to be releasing. So for those of you who know my comedy, it's, it's called On Trend because I take the mickey out of my, um, my house basically being on trend and being a Kiwi bloke. I'm not too sure like what's in my house anymore. And my, <laughs> uh, there's a very famous joke that I do about scented candles and my wife is, I uh, have, I got them here. Uh, I, uh, yeah, let me, give me two seconds. Talk amongst yourselves, talk amongst yourselves, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, talk amongst yourselves. So <laughs> my wife's made these um, scented candles that are going to be comedy candles and they're going to have, um, my couple of them are going to have like my quotes from from the, sh- the album but then there's going to be some like uh, comedic uh, scented candles like um like uh comedy candles like i'm fine for example where you can light uh it when everything's not fine but you can you know light it just pretend that everything is fine and then hopefully through that 50 plus burn time hours they'll finally reveal what actually is the problem <laughs> and stuff like that. So there's, there's going to be that kind of stuff. So if you go on the website um, and say, hey, hey Nick, I want to reserve an album, but t- talk us more through some of those candles, you'll get an album plus a free little scented uh, or massive scented candle, um, which is actually really nice and smell really good too. I'm, I'm pleased to hear that you're not going down the goop path with scented <laughs> candles. Because when you said they were going to be comedy candles and then my candles, I was like, what, Essence? essence of nick <laughs> what essence is it going to be so stay away from those gwyneth scented candles that's yeah all, yeah that's yeah all I can exactly exactly so this candle smells like regret <laughs> hey nick it's been a blast thanks so much for joining us i really enjoyed thanks, chatting man. with you this morning and you know we'll, we'll do it again i'm eagerly going to keep an eye out on what happens with the album um yep. coming up in may i hope we can help get you up the charts in america and yes, um, great. when you're big and famous and you're making your third album doing it, yeah. you know, platinum in America, I hope you come back and visit us again and we have a chat about of life, the universe and everything then. Well, interesting, Pat, this is the the, the first of many um, uh, interviews that I'll be doing about the album. So, um, yeah, congratulations on getting in early, getting there first. The only way, um, the only but way yeah, is down. I'm about to... Yeah, you're, you're ahead of the curve, ahead of the game. Yeah. And um, I'm literally, I'm waiting on emails from LA now. They're just doing my press release now. So they're, once that's finalized, then um, I think I think next week I'll be sort of doing a big uh, a big plug. So you'll see me on all sorts of places like The Project and um, 
you know uh, seven sharp and other different channels and stuff like that so um yeah you you know where you heard about the album first <laughs> i've got i'm just looking at your um your website as we're talking and you've got the chiron going across the bottom his comedy may be yep. international on its toes crowd pleasing buffoonery at its best from three weeks edinburgh festival if you wanted a tagline for mine you could for your album you could have um I bought it because I felt obliged because he was on my podcast. I mean, if it if it helps you sell albums, <laughs> you could you could do that if you wanted to. <laughs> it's going on the poster, mate. It's not, not even just uh, yeah. That's going to go on the poster. That's the next one. Yeah, right, that's next. the next album title. The, yeah, the obliged. Yeah, it's I, just be called obliged. I felt obliged. <laughs> yeah, nothing could nice. be further from the truth, Nick. But thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Cheers, Pat. All right, guys, that's us done and dusted. The Department of Conversation brought to you by Behemoth Brewing Company. Uh, thanks again to Behemoth for being our feature sponsor. If you want to um, go and visit them uh, and you're based in Auckland, that we kind of need to be in Auckland to visit them, the home of Behemoth Brewing is Churley's Brew Pub. Churley's, C-H-U-R-L-Y-S.co.nz, is the pub. Uh, it's also the brewery, and you can get a meal there as well. It's 1A Charles Street in Mount Eden for those of you in Auckland. If you're not in Auckland, well, then you can just go to shop.behemothbrewing.co.nz and get all your Behemoth uh, wares that way as well. Um, coming up next time i like i'm i always struggle as to how i'm how do i say this next week next time because it depends when you're listening to it coming up next time we're going to be having a chat with someone who's actually been a really close friend of mine for a very long time his name is paul russell um and you may not know the name as well but he's a bit like nick actually he's kind of done everything he was the original drummer for Supergroove. uh he also was shafu's drummer for a long time he then moved to the UK and he performed in Stomp for a very long time, you know, that uh, uh, percussion dance troupe, uh, up to and including performing at the 2012 London Olympics. Was that 2012? It was. Wow, a long time ago. Um, he also was part of a very successful, very well-regarded band called Eight. Um, and he's doing something new in the music world. So I'm really looking forward to it because I've known Paul for 20-plus years and it'll be a, a, a the kind of podcast which is probably quite a, a catch-up between me and him. We haven't talked for a very long time. Um, but also it'll be a really interesting insight into someone who who has been a working musician in New Zealand, who has reached kind of New Zealand's pinnacle, which is think Supergroove. Who doesn't love Supergroove? And has done other things as well. So uh, that conversation is coming up next as well, uh, along with a whole bunch of other interesting uh, ones as well. If you want to know more about what's coming up, a really good way to find out is to visit us on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash d-o-c-n-z uh, we typically put up who's coming up when up there and give you updates and stuff as well this episode was brought to you in part by Beardy's Boy Beardy Boy Coffee uh, there's four different roasts including decaf and the beans are sourced from the best coffee regions in the world including uh, Colombia and Kenya if you're a coffee drinker and you already buy fresh roasted beans then maybe you want to try Beardy Boy beans uh, every fifth bag of coffee sold at the moment will also get themselves delivered a free Beardy Boy t-shirt um and what else gosh well it's just actually a way that you can support this podcast it is a um a coffee that is being developed specifically to support podcasters so rather than us saying come and support a patreon you know give us just money to do it we're saying just buy our coffee buy the coffee we get a kickback from it you guys get the coffee that you love and uh, we all move forward happier and well fed with coffee
Uh, bettyboy.nz forward slash doc to make your purchase alright guys be safe out there uh, we'll see you again real super soon uh, have an, uh, an awesome day or night or morning or weekend depending when you're listening to this and until we see you next time hooroo